Hi, it's me, Overreactor. Welcome to the next episode of Official Timeout, where we will continue with the WFTDA beginner curriculum. Before we get started, I do want to tell you a story, but I must warn you this story um, involves, uh, I don't know, getting my phone stolen in a dangerous city. <laughs> I don't know how to content warn this, but I'm not going to go into too much detail other than to say, um, I went to a festival and it was in a city that is notorious for its crime. And even though I did the precautions that one does going to cities with such a reputation, it still happened that my phone was stolen in a very well-orchestrated attack. Both my friend and I were... I guess you call it mugged. I don't know, but we're okay. It just was just like, uh. So it has been, I don't know, two weeks since I've put out an episode. And that is why I didn't realize how frustrating it is. I mean, of course, it's frustrating to lose a phone, but it's just like, uh, whatever it is, you know, and you come to terms with the fact that you lost pictures or contacts or whatever. Everything is replaceable except our lives, you know? So. Uh, it's been a pain in the butt though, trying to remember passwords and download apps and getting the whole thing set up. So it's been a bit of a headache. And that's also to say like things happen and we got to look out for each other. Even when we feel like we're being the most safe, it's like, how much more cautious can you be? I don't know. I'm still kind of processing it, but that's okay. On a more fun note... This year was the very first year that I watched Eurovision. Not the Will Ferrell movie, but the actual Eurovision contest. And oh my goodness, I'm obsessed. I am totally obsessed. Like, it was so much fun. And I cannot believe I didn't get into this sooner. And Norway came in with a banger. And I was really rooting for Norway or Serbia. Oh my gosh. If you watched it, Serbia's submission. At first, I was like, this is, I don't know if I like this. But then the second time I saw it, or when I saw it in the finals, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really awesome. And I love it. So those are my two favorites. Oh, I could talk about it for so long. What else did I love? Oh, I forget the name of the country. Uh, but it was this guy on like bleachers. And it was just this really beautiful, heartbreaking song. And there was a dancer on another set of bleachers. Oh my gosh, the choreography. That is so cool. I was really, really impressed. Okay. So those are my life updates. Um, why don't we go on in to the next part of the beginner curriculum? When we last left off, we talked about incorporating gameplay. And now we will move on to the development stages. This can be found on page 21 of the beginner curriculum found at WFTDA.com. Introduction. Introduction is the beginning of each development period. This is our opportunity to introduce participants to skating, to rules and safety, and to gameplay. The learning in this stage can feel disconnected. Land Derby can help participants to pull the elements together and absorb the different concepts and ideas. It's important that we set up our participants for easy success and give them clear ways to identify progress. This is also a good time to talk about how your league works 
and fundamentals of sports behavior. So what do we want to achieve? Participants have a basic understanding of roller derby and the fundamentals of skating. Participants know how the game is played and who is involved as well as game parameters and safety. Skaters are comfortable on their skates and have an understanding of their own bodies and controlling their weight shift. That's a tricky one. Learning how to balance on one leg on wheels. Learning to balance the shift in weight is something I had a lot of trouble with in the beginning because you know, you're balancing on one foot on wheels. And if the floor isn't perfectly level, then that can be tricky learning how to adjust to that. And, you know, like I had a total hip replacement. uh, Oh my gosh, 12 years ago now, I had a total hip replacement. And so there were just a lot of muscles in my hips that weren't used to being used and learning to build those muscles. So, you know, if you've got similar issues in your calves or ankles or in your shoulders or wherever that you need to balance, learning to shift your weight is like a tricky thing, but it's fun when you master it. Okay. It goes on to say, skaters are confident with physical proximity to other skaters. Non-skating officials and other off-skates volunteers feel valued and have a clear understanding of their role in the league. What Derby looks like? Directed observation. Directed observation of gameplay where coaches and trainers facilitate a discussion with participants on game roles and basics of gameplay while watching the gameplay together. Participants are not taking part in gameplay. Huh? Directed observation. Directed observation of gameplay where coaches and trainers facilitate discussion with participants on game roles and basics of gameplay while watching the gameplay together, participants are not taking part. Oh, so this would be like, maybe you get together as a league and watch an old video of about maybe, or maybe you go to about together and discuss it as you see it in real time. Directed observation. That's a really great learning technique. Land Derby. Land Derby essentially follows the rules of WFTDA games, but without skates. Participants try out all roles, skating official, non-skating official, player. Participants wear full safety gear to familiarize themselves with the equipment and to get used to communicating and playing while wearing it. That was another thing I had to get used to at first was being able to speak clearly with the mouth guard in as a player. That was very tricky, but you get used to it. It goes on to say, participants should wear shoes. I'm glad they made that clarification because that would be crazy if everyone was running around barefoot. Or would it be? Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Coaches and trainers use discretion as to whether and how to include content. So here are a list of training elements, and this can be found on page 23. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six columns, and they are broken up into categories. There's foundation skills, engagement and recovery, stability and control, team skills, strength and functional movement or land training, and rules and safety. So going back to the column of foundation skills, these include edges, T-push, V-push, stride two, jumping while skating. That's the thing I was like most scared of and still am if I'm being honest. Hopping while skating, single leg glide, single leg balance while changing body position. Those are very tricky. Engagement and recovery, weight distribution, 
standing in a group of people. Oh my gosh, coming out of COVID, that seems like the scariest thing. <laughs> uh, weight distribution, standing in a group of people, how to protect your body from a fall, how to protect others when you fall, how to get up safely and quickly from a fall. Okay, this is one of those like life skill sections, I think, that can apply to what I was saying in the beginning, like coming out of this global pandemic and shutdown and isolation. And, you know, if we look at weight distribution, like what in our lives is weighing us down? Like for me, my house is a disaster in some areas and like spotless in others. And it really bothers me. I feel like I cannot keep the entire house clean all at the same time. And I understand this is something that a lot of people deal with, but it's just that I think I have too many things that I've acquired over the years and spending more time at home, especially now that I resigned from teaching and I'm working on my own full time right now for myself, which by the way, is really awesome. And I'm still very happy with that decision. And also I need to like figure out what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> so where can I distribute my weight to bring more balance, right? Um, learning to stand in a group of people. Oh my gosh. So recently I... I met a really awesome group of people and they love playing board games. And I met them at a Renaissance festival. So they were just like my kind of people. And they invited me to a game night. And I was so excited to be around other people that I think I was a little much. I think I just got too excited. And it's like, whoa, this girl, oh, she brings energy. And I think I got a little overwhelming because I was overwhelmed to be in a group of people. And I didn't know how to control myself. I just got too excited. <laughs> Um, how to protect your body from a fall. I look at this more of like an emotional fall, right? Like, okay, I said earlier, I had things stolen from me and emotionally that was just like a total fall. Like now I'm like kind of stuck in this city that I'm not very familiar with. And I didn't have a phone to look at my map and how do I protect my body? And I physically felt like I had to become much more aware of my surroundings so that I could recover from that. And also protecting others. You know, sometimes when I'm like in a bad place emotionally, maybe, maybe I, I'm not as kind as I am when I'm in a super good mood, right? And maybe I'm grouchy or grumpy or tired. And in life, that's something I need to do is learn how to protect those around me and protect myself and, you know, self-care, therapy, all the, all the good stuff and how to get up safely and quickly from a fall. That's a big one. Just trying to recover. I feel like the last, oh my gosh, like 20 years of my life have just been go, 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 go. And since resigning, I'm feeling like a little lost, like resigning from teaching. That is, I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I get up faster? How can I move on quickly from any little event? So those are lessons that I think can apply to anyone's life. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. Stability and control, penguin stance, derby stance, stepping side to side, shuffle step, quick feet, step over, balance on one leg, balance on toe stops, balance on two front wheels, jump on toe stops, walking on toe stops, wide two-footed plows, T-stops, and chop stops. I will say some of these terms, I don't know exactly how to explain them verbally. Um, so if there's a term like T-stop or edges or T-push, I don't know. I want to say, yeah, I'll put a training video together. But I, as you guys know, I'm still working on foundation skills, getting back into those. So I would not really be the person to do an instructional tutorial on each thing. 
Hmm. If any of you guys want to volunteer to do that, I would love it. Or, and, or I can reach out and see if I could find someone to do that. Or if you just don't know a term, um, ask someone in your league. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Fourth column, team skills, giving and receiving feedback, communicating movements and next steps or narrating gameplay. Gosh, that's a life skill too, isn't it? Like giving feedback and receiving feedback, like learning, how can I improve? Like if my therapist is giving me some feedback, like how do I receive it? How do I implement that? How do I look at my next move? Next one, strength and functional movement or land training. Introduction to core muscles and core engagement. Introduction to proprioception. Proprioception. Hmm. If I had to guess, I would say proprioception would be the ability to navigate using your peripheral vision, but I don't know. So I'm going to look it up and let's learn together. Okay. According to WebMD, proprioception, otherwise known as kinesthesia, is your body's ability to sense movement, action, and location. It's present in every muscle movement you have. So like kinetics, movement, kineth... I cannot say this word. Kinesthesia? Kinesthesia. Kinesiology. Kinesthesia. Well, either way, it's about movement. Without proprioception, you wouldn't be able to move without thinking about your next step. Proprioception allows you to walk without consciously thinking about where to place your foot next. It lets you touch your elbow with your eyes closed. Huh. Okay, hold on. I want to read the rest of this to you because this is really fascinating. This is still on WebMD and I'll link this as well. So the anatomy of proprioception It results from sensory receptors in your nervous system and body. Most of these receptors are located in your muscles, joints, and tendons. When you move, the receptors send detailed messages to your brain about your positions and actions. Your brain processes these messages and works with your vision, nervous system, and vestibular system to create your perception of where your body is and how you're moving. Yeah, you know how like they say like it's muscle memory. There are two or three songs I could play on the piano that I learned as a kid and I just know them. I don't need sheet music or anything. I just memorized them and I'll go years without touching a piano and suddenly it's like my fingers just know what to do. Proprioception. I'm I'm not going to get used to saying this yet. Oh, I take that back. The more often that my mouth muscles practice saying proprioception, the easier it'll be. I believe in myself. <laughs> All of this is to say that proprioception is the ability to know where your body is in space and time, and it has nothing to do with using your peripheral vision. Well, I mean, I guess it does because, I mean, everything's connected, but that my initial guess was wrong. Okay, back to the document, still under strength and functional movement or land training. Just, okay, I'll just read this list again. Introduction to core muscles and core engagement. Introduction to proprioception. We're all experts on that now. Balance, as in single leg dips and squats. Stable base, such as split squats, walking lunges, and clamshells. I've never done a clamshell. Oh, is that when you like bend down, touch the ground, and like 
walk forward with your hands and then like up with your feet. I feel like I called that like the inchworm or something. Anyway, light aerobic exercise such as yoga, stretching, and walking, ankle strengthening such as foot circles and calf raises. Yeah. The final column, rules and safety. Required protection and how to wear it safely. Role of officials and what functions they serve. Introduction to gaining position and point scoring. Protecting yourself on the track after a fall. What to do if you or another participant is injured. The value of warm-up and preparing your body for activity. Stretching and cool down and the impact on recovery and skate maintenance. Okay, moving on. It says, consider this. All training elements suggested for this level are appropriate for both players and skating officials. When training new skaters, show them a safety stance to go back to whenever they feel nervous or unsafe. After each drill, invite them into that safety stance until it becomes second nature. That's very important. It's useful for skaters to set a mental checklist to run through before starting each new skill. One, shoulders in front of hips. Two, chest looking up and looking ahead. Three, core engaged. For the first few weeks, verbally run them through this list before each skill. Shoulders in front of hips, chest up looking ahead, core engaged. What is, there is that one song as kids, it was like, head up chin up, shoulders out. And then it got silly. And then it was like tongue out, booty out, walk like a duck. And like some weird, silly song. Do you guys have any idea what I'm talking about? Email me and let me know if you do. Overreactor at gmail.com. That's O-V-A-R-Y-A-C-T-O-R at gmail.com. And then there's a little subnote that says, these are intended to provide a proposal for training progression and planning for coaches and trainers. We do not recommend that they be used as a checklist against skater progression through the league. I'm going to end it there after the introduction. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate all of you. And yeah, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day, whatever day you're listening to this. All right, I'll talk at you later. This podcast was recorded by me, Overreactor. It was also edited by me, Overreactor. The information I read comes from WFTDA.com and WebMD.com. Special thanks to Bieberson for their support of this episode.